Welcome to the Retail Exchange Podcast. This episode of the Retail Exchange is brought to you in association with Attentive. Drive sales with text message marketing. Visit attentive.co.uk slash exchange to see what Attentive can do for you. Welcome to the latest episode of the interview series from the Retail Exchange Podcast. I'm Carl McKeever. Our guest on this latest episode, recorded at Shop Talk Europe 2022, is the Vice President of Global Marketing for UGG, Carol Diara. UGG boots are back, but in truth, they never really went away. The brand has enjoyed several fashion moments since it first rose to popularity back in the 1970s and, once again, became one of the hottest and the warmest footwear trends of 2022. In this episode, Diara reflects on how the brand can stay relevant in today's uncertain times, the enduring principles that make great brands stand out, and explains why she reigns positive despite the current economic headwinds. She also shares the story of her own personal career journey that saw her spend 15 years in New York honing her skills at L'Oreal before eventually settling into her current role and a new life in Paris. Here's the interview. Welcome. Thank you so much, Carl. So um, your job title sounds amazing. Could you just tell us an overview? What do you do? What do you look after? I am responsible for the UGG brand, and that includes everything around building brand equity, building our brand experiences, working on consumer insights as it relates to the UGG brand, our creative expression in terms of the campaigns, our public relation efforts, collaborating with influencers, as well as social media. So this is full 360. This is both the physical store-based presence and also online. Exactly. Um, UGG as a brand, what is the product all about? UGG is a fantastic brand. It is truly an iconic pioneer in the industry. It all started in the late 70s when an Australian surfer came to California. And interestingly enough, he brought this sheepskin material, crafted into a boot that surfers would use when they came out of the water. And it became very popular. And it was really adopted by the fashion elite, including those in Hollywood. And it really took off when Oprah named it one of her favorite items. Um, And so all through the 80s and 90s and the 2000s, the UGG brand just became stronger and stronger. And today it is a global icon. We have products ranging from footwear all the way to apparel, home and accessories. And UGG today is a $2 billion business sold in over 130 markets. And we have presence across retail and e-commerce. So, look, many, many companies try to achieve this kind of global brand status, something that, you know, really resonates in the consumer's mind. For you, as you think about building the brand and developing and protecting the equity, what, what is this magical, mythical thing of brand all about for you? For me, brand is truly about the consumer appreciation, adoption and love of an idea a set of values and a suite of products that they feel attached to. And so the idea of brand is really in the hearts of the consumer. And we try to ensure that as our brand is developed, we create experiences that are meaningful and impactful to people. And we create a feeling that they can take away from 
our products as well as from the concept in general. So no matter, so it's not just a, a perception-based thing. It's also about the tangible. That's right. It's about the, the tactile feeling that you have with the product. And it's also about the emotional feeling that's connected when you have the product or you interact in our stores or you see our influencers on social media. It's the sum of all of these activities. Now, as a brand that's been around for several decades, you've, you've clearly adapt and change to move with the industry. As a company that was founded on a DTC model, going direct to the consumer through stores, as you've now pivoted and developed an e-com side to the business as well, how have you carried the brand magic into that screen-based journey? You know, it's really interesting. So when the brand initially started, as you said, our founder was selling the product to his friends and to others that were brand aficionados. As the company grew, it then diversified its footprint through traditional wholesale retailers, right? And right. so working So with, this is where you were partnering with big stores. Exactly. And taking a, a corner or a concession or something like this. That's right. We were partnering with um, department stores and, and our premium retail environment. And from there, we started to, very early on, we built an e-commerce site and we started to sell our products direct to consumer via our e-commerce platform. At the same time, we were building out our retail ecosystem. And so we have our own direct stores as well. So we really have a true omni-channel business, which um, is really important to maintain the breadth of consumer experiences. And so while a consumer might discover us in our retail partners through our department stores, they can also discover us through our online channels or through our own stores. Making sure that the magic of UGG exists in each of those environments is very important to us. And is it the same customer in those different places or are they different customers shopping on those different channels? And that is a wonderful question. We also had the same question, and we actually partnered with one of our retailers to understand, are the customers shopping in our D2C channels the same as those shopping in our wholesale partners? And we actually saw very little overlap. And so we feel very confident that we actually are creating different opportunities for consumers to reach us. And those consumers that are discovering us through our wholesale partners are not the same as those that are coming into our DTC channels, which means there's continued opportunity for us to grow the pie overall. One of the things that I think is fascinating about the whole retail marketing industry is the fact that, you know, what works this year may not work next year. It's constantly changing and evolving. What excites you about what's still to come? Just what you said, that the industry itself is constantly innovating. If we think about the brand today, it is still very much considered an iconic boot brand, right? So we have so much work to do to continue to establish the brand as a meaningful brand with purpose, right? And really putting our values at the core of everything we do. And I think for me, it's really making sure that consumers understand that we are this brand with purpose that has real values to contribute. The second piece is going deeper on these communities of people that really love the brand. And so we see that we have a strong fan base of consumers in different groups that truly are, you know, 
loyalists to the UGG brand, and we want to continue to nurture them. And so we they're wanna, real aficionados. Yes, they're real aficionados, and we want to be in service of them. And then finally, I would say creating these immersive experiences. We're just at the forefront of really thinking about we have these different environments. How do we, you know, really take these communities and give them an immersive environment for the UGG brand so that no matter if they are in our retail environment, we heighten up the sensoriality, the sensation that they feel there. If they're in the metaverse, they understand kind of what our brand ecosystem is about. And whether they're in our retail partners, they also have a continued sense of digital, of social, of live commerce. And we're really creating this mix of um, kind of experiences across Touchpoint. And that is extremely exciting for me. You mentioned one of the big successes early on and how the brand was uh, established and, and really grew successful in the USA was the Oprah effect and how her support and endorsement as a favorite product really catapulted you into you know, the, the real stratosphere. How important today is the celebrity factor or the influencer factor in terms of you know, getting your message seen and heard and getting people on board? You know, it's a mix. It's not just one thing that keeps the brand continually relevant. And so I would say influencers and celebrities are a part of the magic, right? And so especially as we think about the people that authentically really engage with the brand, I would say we have a strong group of influencers and a, a very large number of celebrities who love the brand. Organically, they wear the brand. And then also we have partnerships with them. And then I would say in Asia, it's even more important, right? And so we really see that connection to continue to inspire um, our community of, of loyalists, but also the next generation that's coming up, right? Like they want to understand how do I wear the Ugg boots or how do I think about the new sandals or the new hybrid slippers that we've developed? And they really look to influencers and celebrities to understand kind of that inspiration to how to wear it with their wardrobe. So we still see it as a, as a key part of developing the brand, but it's definitely not the only one. Right, it's just right? part of the mix. It's just a part of the mix because a lot of what is authentic is also people seeing others that look like them, that they are very close with, that they have intimacy with real people wearing the brand. And here we really tap into what we consider this uh, fashion community, right? These multi-hyphenated creators who have a mix of their own unique expression. They really celebrate self-expression and they love to style and play around with a range of our products and they make it their own, right? The way they take um, a mix of our apparel products, but also, like I said, our hybrid slip-ons, our slippers that became very big during the pandemic. Um, and I think the thing that all marketers also have to be very aware of is the fact that the customer is not a static, non-moving target. You know, they also quickly get up to speed with some of the tactics. They learn what they do and don't like. Um, and if we even just think about the kind of the influencer space for a moment, um, no, people become aware that there are people who are being paid to endorse and paid to promote. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we really try to start from an authentic place, right? So we always try to start with people that genuinely love the brand, 
people that we see organically wearing the brand. And then we reach out to those communities of people and we ask them potentially to continue to work with us. And um, like you said, people know automatically when it doesn't feel authentic or genuine or it doesn't feel like something that their person that they love would actually do or that they would actually wear. So that is a key part of our strategy. And, um, you know, even on TikTok, one of the big trends was, um, you know, TikTok made me buy it. And so we saw organically, you know, several influencers saying how TikTok had made them purchase the um, one of our classic ultra minis. And then after that, we continued to work with the TikTok influencer to augment and continue to the trend. But it started from a very organic place. My conversation with our guest on this episode of The Retail Exchange is brought to you by Attentive. You can't have a conversation with this ad, but with text message marketing, you can. Attentive lets you launch and optimise a new mobile marketing channel. Interact with your customers where they are through personalised and real-time conversations with powerful results. Attentive drives billions in e-commerce revenue for over 5,000 brands globally. See what Attentive can do for you at attentive.co.uk slash exchange. Attentive. Drive retail sales with text message marketing. One of the other trends which is very active right now is the whole aspect of diversity and brands trying to reach out to different communities and to make their messages as relevant as they can to as many people. Um, Where does UGG fit into that conversation? UGG is a brand that is truly leaned into inclusivity. And it really is one of the aspects of the brand that drew me to the brand, right? And so, so much of the work that we've done in the past five or six years has been around collaborating with emerging influential designers, For example, we've done great collaborations with um, emerging designers um, like Telfar, right? And he's both in the LGBTQ plus community. He's also an African-American designer. He's considered a part of the local fabric of New York. And we really found this amazing partnership with him that we you know, wanted to celebrate. And that's just a piece of the work that we do. We we consistently work with um, emerging designers. So you don't shy away from the topic? Not at all. And we actually, you know, really take a, a, a I would say an intentional effort, especially in our marketing. We, you know, we strive to say that 60% of all of our campaign assets will feature those from the BIPOC community, LGBT plus community, body diversity community, Um, And this is really something we're very intentional about, making sure that everyone feels represented in our campaigns. One of the things we wanted to do is to ensure that we were being in service of um, the LGBT community. And so we launched a campaign called Feel Heard, and we partnered with the Trevor Project in the U.S. and um, an organization called Strike in the U.K. And it's all about providing mental health services to the community and their allies so that people feel like they can talk freely about any of the topics that they need to, um, whether it's mental health issue, whether it's issues related to um, you know, their overall well-being. And it was really important for us to celebrate that. As a company founded from a very authentic place and using natural materials, how does sustainability figure in your priorities? So sustainability is absolutely key. 
And we've approached sustainability really from multiple facets. The first thing is we really think of our products as as timeless products, right? So we really think of them as products that last. And we have several studies to show that they last for many, many, many years. And so this is a key part of being sustainable, right? And we feel like creating products that last, that have high quality, that have longevity is is the first step. The second piece of um, of what we've developed is what we call our feel-good strategy. And that's about making great products, making products that do good for the planet and that do good for the people. Now, if I just focus a little bit on the, on the planet and the product, one of the key things that we're really leaned into is focusing on the use of regenerative materials. So we really see regenerative farming as a powerful opportunity to create an ecosystem of land and soil that can take care of the earth, that can sequester the um, carbon emissions and really create an environment of growth and prosperity. And we see our role as partnering with organizations that are fostering this so that we can continue this legacy journey. So this is kind of brand stewardship. Yes, exactly. So one area in which we feel like it's very important for us to do good for the product as well as do good for the planet is around regenerative farming. We feel that um, for UGG, we've made a, a conscious effort to create a legacy for regenerative farms and to create a market for byproducts from the regenerative farm. So, for example, we have partnered with the Savory Institute and we have committed to converting over 1 million acres of traditional farmland to regenerative farms. And our goal here is to really use the sheepskin from the regenerative farms in our products, which will be so important going forward. We feel like it's incredibly important to not only have our own commitment to creating a more sustainable land, but also invite other brands to come on this journey with us and to create um, you know, a market really for more rege- regenerative materials from regenerative farms. Um, clearly, e-commerce has been tremendously successful for many brands and has opened the door to new consumers and new markets around the world. But of course, th- there's also a downside, and the downside is counterfeits. Um, yours is a product which, if you put in into any search engine, you will bring up multiple choices. What are you doing to protect the brand and how do you feel about it when people are trying to steal a piece of your pie and all the hard work you're doing to really keep that brand magical? I think one of the best things about UGG is that it is truly iconic. I mean, it really is unique in that it stands like no other in the market. And so when people see the product, they instantly recognize it and they instantly associate it with our brand. So that's already, you know, you know, the first part of our strategy so is maintaining yes, exactly yeah. authenticity. The second piece is really around driving the ecosystem around the brand that I talked to you about earlier, keeping it relevant in the culture, collaborating with other brands that are relevant and working with some of the, the top people in the industry. And that keeps people um, wanting the real thing. That keeps people wanting the authentic. um, So it's nice to be flattered by all of these people that are imitating what you do. But actually, 
your real fans will seek you out. Absolutely. And we see that constantly. People want the real thing. And so I think, um, you know, but that's not to say we can rest on those laurels, right? Like we constantly innovate. We bring new product. We bring new product introductions. We constantly keep it fresh so that we can't be copied in a lot of ways. And that's also... There's a brand protection team which you're also working alongside. 100%. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about them. They're working constantly um, to protect the brand in all the ways possible from a legal perspective. So look, um, I'm loving the conversation. I want to know a little bit more about you. Tell me about your career. Where, where have you come from and what's brought you to this role you have now? I am originally from South Carolina and I've always been fascinated by people and everything that moves them from an emotional standpoint. Yeah. You're energized by yes. th- that, that feeling. That's right. I'm energized by that feeling. And so I started my career at Accenture in technology and then very quickly actually went to L'Oreal where I had an amazing career for 15 years. And I really learned all the fundamentals of marketing and beauty and driving consumer desire and elevating at the very highest levels. I got to live in Paris for five years. Um, That's which, no bad thing. No, it was a wonderful thing. I met my husband there, and we have two wonderful kids. And <clears throat> from there, I had you know just the opportunity to do many things in, in my life. And so currently, I actually still live in Paris. I'm back around for the second time. And I had this opportunity to join UGG, and it's been a fantastic journey. It's been the opportunity to... Um, you know, kind of take an icon and take it to the next level in terms of a global brand presence. So I'm super excited. And And it sounds like there's plenty more to come. There's plenty, plenty more to come. And that really excites me because there's so much innovation. And one of the things that I'm really driven by is innovation. I think that's why I stayed so long at a company like L'Oreal. It's really driven by innovation. And I'm inspired by innovation and I'm inspired by everything that's taking place in this industry, whether it's, like I said, beauty, fashion, lifestyle, and technology, the merger of the three together is really powerful. My final question, what career advice would you give to your younger self? Clearly, you're sitting in a great company now. You have a wonderful set of objectives in front of you, and you're clearly loving the brand. But, you know, have there been any missteps along the way, or what would you have done differently? We can always look back at our career and think, oh, wow, if I'd only done this, if I'd only gone for this opportunity. I think if I had the opportunity really to look back at my um, younger self, I would say probably take risk earlier. You know, I, you know, I came in and I was very curious, but I also really wanted to work really hard. I wanted to succeed. I wanted to make an impact. Um, so moving to France when I was um, pretty young in my career was probably one of the the biggest risk that I took. But after that, I think I played it maybe a little safer. Well, you um, fell in love and you got married and, I did. and you became contented. So. <laughs> Not totally that. No, I was never content in my career. I mean, honestly, like L'Oreal uh, pushed me constantly. But I would say probably to take even more risk and more bets early, earlier on in my career. And, um, and, and you know, never, never give up on anything. You know, I think I am pretty tenacious and pretty resilient. And so I would say to continue to use that. Um, to be effective. Keep curious and keep driving forward. Yes, absolutely. It's been a pleasure to talk together, Carol. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of the Retail Exchange was brought to you in association with Attentive. Drive sales with text message marketing. 
visit attentive.co.uk slash exchange to see what Attentive can do for you. That's all we have time for on this episode of the Retail Exchange Podcast. From me, Carl McKeever, goodbye and thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Retail Exchange Podcast. Subscribe online at theretailexchange.co.uk and join the debate on Twitter. Hashtag Retail Exchange. Thanks for listening.